Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 25th of July 2020. And the title of this episode is Free RPG Day. Today is Free RPG Day. And it's a special one for two reasons. The event is all about encouraging people to visit their local gaming store. And it's called Free RPG Day because if you do get to visit your local gaming store and it is taking part in the programme, then they will have been sent a limited number of freebies that you might be able to pick up. So why would publishers pay for that? Well, it's because it's tough getting gaming groups to put down their favourite RPG and to try something new. Being able to offer your own carefully designed freebie to someone who is at least considering playing something new is an excellent opportunity for publishers. Also, in fairness, many game publishers want to support their local gaming stores. Up until last year, a company called Impressions ran Free Gaming Day. Impressions were then bought by Flat River Group. However, Aldo Gozi, the owner, kept hold of Free RPG Day. Later on, Free RPG Day was subsequently sold to a new company called Gaming Days LLC. So 2020 is Gaming Day's first chance to bring Free RPG Day to life in the way that they envision. However, COVID-19. There was a very real risk of Free RPG Day being cancelled this year. Instead, Gaming Days held their nerve and moved the event. In previous years, it was June 13th for the event, but for 2020, Free RPG Day is July 25th. I'm interested to see whether they move it back for 2021. There's the freerpgday.com site if you want to see if your local store is taking part. If you can't go, if it's not yet safe for you to go outside or you're unwilling to wear a mask, then there's still 24 hours on drive through RPG's Christmas in July sale. At least, that's the case when this podcast is released. And there are many freebies in that sale. In fact, there are about 58,000 RPG products and supplements in that sale. It's giant. And that's excluding the other one-book-shelf sites that are taking part. A good tip is to visit a site like DriveThruRPG and search for Quick Start whenever you're curious. Increasingly, publishers put out a free or pay-what-you-want Quick Start for their Kickstarter campaigns or as teasers, and it can be a really cost-effective way to dabble in a new RPG. It feels like it's been a cosmopolitan week of news. I'm going to use Star Trek as a bridge for the rest of the podcast. Which is your favourite Star Trek alien? Geek Native asked that question last year when I had a copy of the official guide to the animated series to give away, and I provided a short list of races to pick from. I'm slow, so I've only now just published that list and the results of the survey. And I've also then reopened that poll, and you can find that link in the show notes, and you can cast a vote anew. But for the 2019 poll, I can give you the bottom three and the top three races. In bottom place, with a tie, we have the Andorans and the Bergerans. And beating them in popularity are the Changelings, with 4.57% of the vote. So, what do you think the top three races are? Well, in third place, with 17.81% of the vote, are the Vulcans. In second place, with 20.09% of the vote, are the Klingons. And that means, in first place, with 23.74% of the vote, are the Borg. The newly reopened poll hasn't been open for very long, but already we can see the Klingons have taken some territory. 
Reopening a poll like this after one of the surveys can be exciting. In last week's Audio EXP, we looked at stats, also from 2019, as to whether D&D was past its heyday. Back then, most people thought so. But I reopened the poll, and so far, the results are heading in a different direction. In the new survey, at the time of recording this podcast at least, over 60% of people are suggesting that D&D will continue to get more popular. Also in Star Trek news, we have the trailer for the new animated series, Star Trek Lower Decks, and Modifius are giving away the Kobayashi Maru supplement as a freebie for Star Trek Adventures RPG. Other trailers worth knowing about this week include Project Power from Netflix. Project Power is a super-powered crime mashup. There's a new drug on the street, and it's giving people unique superpowers. You don't know what type of super you are until you take the drug. It stars the likes of Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and it looks like a fresh take. Bill and Ted 3 also got a new trailer and some news. In the sequel, Bill and Ted have had families, continue to rock out in their garage, but have not yet united the world in peace. The pressure is growing. The studio has decided that on the 2nd of September, they will release the film. Cinemas can have it if they want, and who knows what the state of local lockdowns might be. However, and this is a gamble, on the 2nd of September, the film will also be released as video on demand. And that's a gamble, because cinemas, especially in America, like to have things as an exclusive for a while. It's also a gamble, because we might all be fed up of watching things on the Cyclops box at home. What do you think? Is this a wise move? Is Bill & Ted 3 Face the Music enough of a fan film that it will surely do well, even if the cinema chains don't touch it? Fans of Nick Frost and Simon Pegg will be pleased to see that Amazon has given their co-scripted and co-starring series Truth Seekers a bash. It's a show in which some paranormal investigators actually manage to stumble onto something. They stumble onto a conspiracy which endangers the whole world. There's also a video trailer for the forthcoming The Umbrella Academy board game. The game is an official project from Dark Horse and Studio 71, and the visual style is that of the comic book rather than the Netflix series. I think that if you're likely to back the Kickstarter, then it's well worth signing up to the newsletter, as that's the way to get an exclusive and metallic 5 card. I've done it because I think there's a non-zero chance that I might back the game. The link is in the transcript. Now there are two other interesting bits of comic book news that I want to share. One is that Keanu Reeves is also working on a comic called Berserker. Now when you see that written down, you'll see that's missing all the vowels. I don't know if that's significant, but it could be. In the comic book, which has been co-written by Matt Kinnett and published by Boom Studios, the Berserker is a son of the war god Mars and a human. This gives him humanity's desire to answer questions, but also gives him his father's impulses towards violence. He's also hundreds of years old. The other bit of comic news comes from Dynamite Entertainment. I'm afraid it's more cultural war stuff. Talent has begun to leave Dynamite over the publisher's apparent support for Comicsgate. Comicsgate is a group that moans about what it sees as forced diversity in comic books. They don't mean publishers deciding to do a mutant comic book because there's not been a new one in a while. They mean that they don't want to see women involved or people of colour represented. And you won't be surprised to know that they've been linked with some harassment campaigns. Mark Russell, who wrote Red Sonja, has quit. 
Carlo Pachaco, who worked on the Betty Page comic, has left and donated the proceeds of the comic books to charity. Dynamite CEO has been seen to take part in Comicgate streams, and the company was about to put one of Comicgate's characters on the front page of one of their own comics. That's now been cancelled. We'll have to see what Dynamite does next. And it's worth remembering that we're talking about people's livelihoods here. It's not an easy thing being a comic book creator and walking away from a publisher like Dynamite. I guess it's also worth noting that Keanu Reeves' Berserker is with Boom Studios, and that's the publisher who's had a whole string of successes this year. Oh gosh, and if we're talking about money and success, let's also mention that Pikachu Illustrator card. A Japanese auction site has the new world record for the most expensive Pokemon card. There are only 10 Pikachu Illustrator cards in existence, experts calculate, and one has just sold for $233,000. I've taken a look at the online auction page, and it's brutal. There's no returns, so there's no questions. Look at the photographs and make your bid, because that's all you're getting. And despite that, someone found nearly a quarter of a million dollars for the card. And that's $40,000 more than the previous record for Pokemon card, and that was set by a Pikachu Illustrator last year. And those Pikachu Illustrators can't be used in the game. They were invented as prizes, as a way to get people into Pokemon. And we're back to the spirit of free RPG day, aren't we? I mean, D&D still has to think about ways to get people into the game. This week, they've confirmed Adventure Begins, a board game that Geek Native wrote about at the start of the year. Dungeons & Dragons Adventure Begins is a game for 2-4 players ages 10 and up, and it's due out in October. If you're not a beginner, then there are a couple of new RPGs to watch out for that I'm going to mention in this podcast, and one was only announced this week, and that's Lords of the Middle Sea. The original Lords of the Middle Sea was a 1978 Chaosium war game. It was set in the post-apocalyptic future when wars had destroyed the planet's ecology. It's a steampunk-ish game of battleships. And the new RPG, for which we don't yet have a publication date, will use the basic RPG system, and it's been written by John Sneed. Sneed has worked on games like Exalted, Eclipse Phase and Blue Rose. The other game is Green Ronin's Sword Chronicle. Green Ronin invented the Chronicle system for their Game of Thrones license, and that license is now over, but Covid made it necessary for them to get inventive. We have our first look inside the new RPG, and we can see that they too are going to use ancestries rather than races for their fantasy RPG, having a system that supports mixed and multiple ancestries. They're not copying Pathfinder, as Malcolm Shepard points out, he did this back in 2010 for a White Wolf project when he insisted on using people. And that's a phrase that you can see again in modern age RPG. Lastly, and it's a bit of fun, I put a whole bunch of innocent phrases to terrorise your players into a random generator. And do you know these sort of phrases? Here's an example. Okay, so who's going to enter the room first? Or, as far as you can tell. Players hate it when GMs have phrases like that in their arsenal of responses. And if you have suggestions for any more, please let me know. And on that note, let's call it a wrap. Keep safe, keep well, and see you next week.